Welcome to First Formation, spiritual exercise for Christian soldiers looking to get up and pray. Join Pew Pew HQ every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Hello and welcome to First Forward, advanced reflection for uh, anyone doing uh, ministry with soldiers and veterans who follows the common Revised Common Lectionary. Um, and this morning is both the seventh day of Christmas as well as the Feast of the Circumcision of the Lord, uh, also known as the first Sunday after uh, Christmas. Uh, the readings for this morning uh, include Isaiah 61, Psalm 148, Galatians 4, and Luke 2, especially verses 22 through 40. And those who followed uh, the episode last week for the Sunday readings will know that I posted a lot about Jesus and Mary's inaugural and how Isaiah 61 is kind of the follow-up to Isaiah 59 in which we have the armor of God and divine warrior going to battle. And Isaiah 61, those who return, the Eichmalotos, which is literally prisoner of war, uh, desmos is another word for imprisonment, and eikmalotos is uh, derived from the word eikme, meaning spear, which is a weapon of war. You don't use those in close quarters and policing duties. So Isaiah 61, which uh, Mary quotes, kind of, sort of, and Jesus quotes, kind of, sort of, are drawing our attention back to the armor of God. And their purpose is to remind us that the work of God is to do battle against the spiritual forces of evil in the world. Um, that Jesus' uh, you know, coming, Advent, um, is about anticipating uh, God's victory over sin and um, corruption, etc. Um, and so in Isaiah 61, it, it cannot be clearer. In the opening verses, we have the robe of righteousness, um, and the mention of jewelry, even at the end, the last verse, a crown of beauty and a royal diadem. Both of these are mentioned explicitly uh, in the uh, priestly vestments in Exodus 38, no, I'm sorry, 28 and 39. I may have to double check that, but um, the priestly vestments are the armor of God. Um, the high priest, when they get dressed, they are the commanding general. Uh, symbolically, uh, but this is the way that God does uh, war against the real problem, which is the corruption of of human hearts to evil. And um, you know, there's many ways in which that's fleshed out. But God is going for the jugular, the source where it's all coming from. Um, and so, the the armor of God is and are the priestly vestments. You can see it aligned very closely here in Isaiah 61. Um, Galatians is a really, uh, you know, interesting text because it, uh, God sent his son and born of a woman, which is almost this parallel slash reversal of son of man, right? You don't, I mean, you, you, when you say born of woman, you're drawing attention to the fact that God has become incarnate and you're, you know, it's about childbirth. It's not inheritance. You know, you know, I am my father's son or Isaiah, Ben, Judah, that's how you talk about lineage and inheritance. But when you say born of a woman, you're drawing attention to childbirth. 
and Christmas tide, uh, the church used to give gifts during the season of Christmas, the 12 days following Christmas, as the Magi did, as they brought gifts to Jesus, which would have happened in, you know, the first, where there's debate. It probably wasn't in Bethlehem right as he was born, but it was probably sometime within anywhere between a few days, like a circumcision, or a couple of years. That maybe they visited him when he was any time less than two. Um, because remember, the massacre of the innocents, the, the cutoff age was two years old. And that's how we uh, know. And so you have this familial language. And then um, the last verse, so you're no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. All of this is about the, the importance of family to God and to the structure of humanity. Um, it's not you know, rulers and principalities. It's mothers, fathers, and children. And then finally in Luke 2, um, it's just this very, in- I-, I love this story because it's these two old people who just really want to see this, you know, little kid. And there's two, and they don't seem to be, it doesn't seem to kind of evoke necessarily the Old Testament or any specific story from the Old Testament. It seems as though this really happened and people remembered it. And Luke is, you know, is interested in the the young age of Jesus, or, or at least the youthful years, um, he's like, oh yeah, remember that Simeon guy? Remember that the the prophet Anna? Um, and so the, you know, it doesn't really make much sense. But when Simeon speaks is one of the things that I, I want to look at. I haven't yet. But if you're preaching to soldiers or veterans, if you are one and you're thinking about it, in uh, Luke 2.29, Master, Sergeant, uh, Sir, uh, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. You know, it's his close of business formation, safety brief, right? Um, the dismissal feels here more formal than I'm just a, a crazy old coot who prays at the temple. Like, he has done this diligently. It's not something he's doing because you know, he run out, ran out of money and he needs to beg for food. It's like he had a mission, and now his mission has been accomplished in the seeing of Jesus at the, at the temple when he comes for uh, circumcision. Um, and then lastly in Luke, uh, the, the last verse in Luke, uh, Luke 2, verse 40, the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. There's a couple of places this pops up, and I had to double-check and I didn't want to do all my homework, but I, 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 I double-checked a couple of things. It made me think there's this line, the, the boy continued to grow in stature and favor with the Lord and with the people. Now that is a rough you know, <laughs> paraphrase of 1 Samuel 2.26, but that's not what 2.40 is. So um, when I read 2.40, I thought of a later verse in Luke 2, Luke 2.52, which we don't read, but 52 reads, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in the favor of God and man. And in 1 Samuel 2.26, it reads, Now the boy Samuel continued to grow in both stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. And so it's not in this reading, it comes later, um, but it, it brings up this parallel between Jesus and the prophet Samuel, who was also the last judge of Israel before they went from, ju- from judges to kings. So remember, Kings are a foreign concept to Israel. Jesus is not a king. Jesus is a judge. He doesn't need worldly adornments the way we think of them. 
the political theology or the political structure that God in places is a judge, not a king. And Jesus is not a king. He's being drawn back to um, Samuel. He is the next uh, successor after Samuel. Um, however, the verse that we do read, uh, the last verse of our reading this morning, and the young man or the boy continued to grow and increase in strength, filled with wisdom, and the charis. Uh, here it reads the favor, but it can also mean grace. The charis of God was upon him. And that does sound similar, but it's very, very subtle. And like, I don't think there's necessarily anything there, but it did. I did find what I was looking for. And that's Judges 13 in reference to Samson. And the woman bore a son and called his name Samson. And the young man or the boy uh, grew and the uh, favor of God was upon him. But the both favor and God are different here. Luke uses the charis of theos, charis kai theos. Um, and the language of the Septuagint, the Greek Old Testament, was his curios eulogeo. And so that's different. But the things that were the same are the young man grew, paideon auxano, and paiderion auxano. And so just the, the, the child grew is the only similarity, but it did make me think of Samson. There's other things that uh, align Samson with Jesus, especially in his name and why he came from an unnamed village that only seemed to have a name as early as when Mark named it when he was writing in the 70s. So when Jesus was living and all this stuff was, stuff was happening, we don't know what the name of his village was until later Mark does it, and this, it's the same word and conjugation as Nazarite. But anyway, so that is it for first forward this morning and the, I'm sorry, the eighth day of Christmas. I earlier said the seventh, but it should be the eighth. Uh, but more importantly, the feast of uh, the circumcision of the Lord. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, you can participate in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Or, if you serve military families, subscribe to First Forward, a paid subscription feed providing commentary on Sunday lectionary texts a week in advance. Use it for sermon prep or just because you support the troops. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a lectionary reading for a future episode. Instruction will be provided, and you don't have to be a grunt to collaborate with PewPewHQ in this or any way. Finally, you can also record and send prayer requests of a minute or less. Prayers can be included in an episode, read anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off of air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in First Formation. I hope you'll continue to listen, even if I haven't convinced you to fall in. This has been Brother Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia. See you.